0: Hey, what's up, all you Watch and Learn podcast listeners? My name's Dustin Heiner. I go by Dusty. My brother Sky and I, we record these episodes because we love movies. We love watching movies and having a lot of fun talking about them afterwards. You're probably like that, you know, at the water cooler where you're working or, you know, if you're talking to somebody else, hey, did you see this movie? Well, this is what we do is we talk about awesome, fun movies like this. Now, recently, we have been noticing that there have not been that many great movies coming out and we are so looking forward to the Marvel Avengers 4 Endgame that's coming out really soon but we also have another couple other movies that are going to be coming out soon and with the Marvel movies coming out we wanted to do a quick little replay of one of our favorite Marvel movies. Now, it's not in the Marvel MCU universe where you have, you know, you have um, Captain America, Iron Man and all, the, you know, the Avengers. This is Deadpool. Now, here's what something I'm actually really really irritated about is social media. So, if you watch or if you've listened to the show at all, you will know that Sky and I do not watch trailers for any movie anymore. The, especially the or I would say Definitely, the ones we want to see, like Avengers Four, we have not watched it um, also, if there 's a movie that we have no clue about, then we'll probably watch a trailer because we don 't know if we want to watch it or not, but for any movie we absolutely want to see like Avengers Four, we do not watch a trailer, but now, social media has now ruined the Marvel 's Avenger Four for me because i don 't know because I have not seen the trailers, but I see just pictures as i 'm scrolling through like Instagram or something. You know, stupid Marvel puts up a picture of Deadpool and Wolverine in like an Avenger suit. I am so ticked off. I didn't want to know that Deadpool and I don't know. It just seems like maybe they're in, uh, you know, Endgame. But I'm so ticked off. I didn't want to know that Deadpool and Wolverine are in Endgame until I actually watched the movie. Stupid social media. Anyway, so Sky and I, we have lots of other stuff going on where Sky teaches how to play poker online with smartpokerstudy.com, and I teach people how to invest in real estate and rental properties with masterpassiveincome.com, and so we have a lot of things going on right now with that, but then also with so few good movies coming out, we wanted to have a replay of Deadpool, Marvel's Deadpool. We just absolutely love that movie. It's such a hilarious, hilarious movie. Ryan Reynolds is he, he he's probably one of the funniest dudes alive. I just really love him. Anyways, so watch and learn with us as we go through Deadpool, and we will have such a fantastic time going through Deadpool again. All right, guys, let's jump into the show where we watch and learn from Deadpool two. Let's do it. It's time for watch and learn. The show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Deadpool 2. Hey movie maniacs, my name is Skye and I am here today with my brother Dusty. What is the haps on the craps, Dust? hey dude how are you doing doing very good thank you it's a beautiful well kind of warm but it's a beautiful summer day here in fresno how are things over there in arizona yeah phoenix is great you know it's a little warm you know phoenix people know that it's hot over here it's a desert basically but uh there's air conditioning and there's movies that we get to go watch i definitely use up my um uh, all my money to watch movies so i can get out of the out of the heat but no it's it's great um I, I really enjoy moving, being over here in Phoenix. Phoenix is great. Sweet, sweet. Good, good. Hey, um, so we saw Deadpool 2. And remember at the beginning of the movie, Deadpool says it's a family movie. So did you take the family? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I, he goes, yeah, it's a family movie. But you're thinking, you know, Hey, great. I left my I'm glad I left my kids at home with the babysitter, but there or she's high, too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, No, I took a I took the family the first time when it came out opening day. Uh, My wife, my two boys, we went to see it, loved it. And then last night, again, to prepare for this podcast, I took the boys again. We loved it a second time. It is such a fun and rewatchable, action packed, funny, uh, just a, a crazy good movie, man. It was just as good as part one. And you you can't often say that about part twos. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I literally just got done watching the movie, so fresh out of it. So all that stuff is going through my brain, all the funny quips and everything, uh, all the action scenes and everything about the movie is still in my brain. So I'm excited to do this podcast. Perfect timing. So real quick, before we get to the podcast, let's talk some numbers. I always go to IMDB before these, and the budget for this movie is estimated at only $110 Now, I say only because other movies that we've seen had like 300 and $320 million budgets, you know, just freaking crazy. But the in the United States, the opening weekend, it made $125 million. So it made back more than its budget in just like the first three days, man. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely it's crazy. amazing. And then worldwide, so far, um, it's at $657 million. I mean, I'm sure in no oh. time, especially when it comes out, you know, DVD and then Amazon sales and stuff, it'll surpass $1 billion easily. What is the deal? That is, well, obviously um, we're spending money to see it multiple times, but man, that is crazy. They, movie companies and actors, they make Crap loads of money. It's absolutely ridiculous how much money they make. But hey, you know that's what you'd get when you pay fifteen dollars for a movie ticket. Absolutely. yeah. And um you know, uh, Deadpool part one for for the longest time, you know, studios were hesitant to make rated R movies. Because they didn't make as much money as PG-13 and PG movies, you know? But then all of a sudden, Deadpool comes out. Solid R rating because, you know, nudity, bad words, death, violence, gore, all that stuff in the first one. And then it's like one of the top ghosting rated R movies ever. So I think that kind of changed Hollywood's tune and we're seeing more rated R movies now because of it. Do you think so? I, I, I guess I've always seen or thought that there were plenty of rated R movies, but I guess... This rated R movie, even though it was geared toward adults, you know, it, it was almost trying to cross the line between um, family, you know, kids being able to see it being R rating where it's really, really bad and all that sort of stuff. So I can see that, but it's crazy how much money they made. That is just ridiculous. You only spent $110 million and you're at $657 million that's nuts it is unbelievable and you know the reason why i'm thinking they're doing more rated r movies uh i saw it recently and that's rated r and that was such a good movie but um you remember back in the day early 90s or maybe late 80s remember the it tv show that came out the uh you know it had john ritter it was like four episodes four sundays in a row it came out at night do you remember that I sure did. Yeah, that was rated PG or PG-13. It was just straight to TV. I bet wow. you if Deadpool and other successful R movies haven't occurred in the past two years, I bet it would have been a PG-13 movie. I bet you. Yeah, it probably would have been. Mm-hmm. Just I to I, try I to get those teenage watch. bucks, you know? Yeah, I didn't watch the uh, newest. Maybe I should watch it then if it's that good. You totally should. It's an amazing movie, man. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So anyway, so let's get back to some numbers. I went to Rotten Tomatoes 2. The critics scored Deadpool 2 at 82%. The audience has it at 86%. And for myself, I would give 100%. There's no way to anybody I would not recommend this movie. I mean, everybody should go see it. And that's pretty crazy how both the audience as well as the critics are fairly close. Yeah. Usually the critics are really, really high and the audience is really, really low or vice versa. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, in the last episode when we did uh, Solo, we talked about spoilers, not spoilers, but we talked about how we do not watch trailers in order to avoid spoilers, right? So what I want to do in these episodes now, I'm going to... What I always do after I see a movie is I go back home, and on YouTube, I watch the official trailer just to see what they spoiled, right? So Uh I went to YouTube, pulled up the Deadpool 2 trailer, and in the spoiler, I counted—guess how many spoilers I counted out of the trailer? I haven't watched the trailer, so I don't know. Okay, I counted one spoiler. That's it? Oh, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, they did a super good job with the trailer. It made it really fun and exciting and made it the kind of movie you want to go see, but they really didn't ruin anything. The only spoiler was that Cable was there to kill the kid Russell instead of Deadpool.
1: Like, oh, got it. That's yes. the only
0: potential spoiler from the video, uh, from from the trailer, because in the movie, Deadpool automatically thinks he shot our cell. He's after me. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah. But, but, you know, if you watch the trailer, he's not. What's really cool in the trailer, they did not show Deadpool. I'm sorry. They did not show Juggernaut. They didn't show the fact that yes. Deadpool dies. They didn't show Vanessa's death. And they didn't even show that there's possible time travel in the trailer. That's so, great. I, now, now, I know it, seem, or it seems to me that Marvel is doing a pretty decent job with the trailers. Um, what was really crazy is I went back, or in my thinking, it was crazy. Um, I went back and watched the Avengers Infinity War trailer. And in watching that, they had things that... We're not definitely not a part of the movie, like where Hulk is running with everybody at Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, Hulk's not there, Hulk's hiding, and you know, things like that. Like, they actually change things. Oh, another thing that Marvel's done was we knew that um, Thor doesn't have an eye, you know, he gets his eye cut out, mm-hmm. and in any of you know, Thor Ragnarok to um, uh, what is it, uh, Infinity War Avengers, Infinity War. They they made it so that you didn't know he either had his eye back or didn't have his eye. It was, you know, things like that. That was actually really interesting to see how they're protecting the story from, you know, coming out in the trailers. I really appreciate it with Marvel. Awesome. Good, good. So even though, like, you know, they are protecting the movie, um, I'm still not going to watch the trailers because I don't want anything spoiled, you know? Yeah, hey, so I would just looked up Deadpool 1. Mm-hmm. The commutative worldwide gross was $783 million. Whoa, that's crazy, think- man. Deadpool 2 is almost Deadpool- there. Yeah, it's almost there. I, I think it probably should beat it, but um, you know, you never know. It seems like that it's on track to actually do it. Yep. Looks like it, looks like it. Cool deal. So those are some interesting numbers. Uh so let's talk about just the movie itself. Uh I really loved the very first time we saw it, and then in this one, I love the fourth wall breaking, all the humor in Deadpool. <laughs> it, just, it blows my mind that a movie is able to break the fourth wall, but still make it super interesting, exciting. You want to keep watching it. You love those fourth wall breaks. You're looking for that humor. It was just, it's perfect, and they continued it in this story as well. Well, for our audience, explain what the fourth wall is, because I remember the first time you mentioned that Deadpool does that. I didn't really understand what that meant. So what does that mean? Yeah. Breaking the fourth wall is just talking to the audience, you know, showing that, Hey, uh, I know that I'm in a movie, you're watching my movie. Here's what I think, or here's what's going on, or here's what you're missing. Yeah. And I, I even beyond just talking to the audience, what's awesome, especially in Deadpool one, two, bringing up things from other, you know, outside other movies or yes. yeah, talking about, uh, one of the one lines that i really remember in deadpool one is where he makes fun of the the timeline in x-men mm-hmm. you know is it patrick stewart is it uh, mcavoy who is it you know mm-hmm. something like that that's just awesome like it's so funny it's so much humor in that that it's just terrific yeah it is it's it's a fresh take on the whole superhero genre some of the other things like you know deadpool puts on cerebro and he talks about smells like <laughs> stewart um russell talks about when it, when's the last time you ever saw a plus-size superhero um, Deadpool making Winter Soldier, I'm Batman jokes, building a team to take the franchise for the next 10 to 12 years. I mean, all that stuff is just, it's so awesome and it makes it a fun movie to watch. Okay. You, you just mentioned what I didn't get. So what was the plus size superhero? I don't get that. Oh, well it's very simple. Every superhero you ever see is fit, good looking, um, sexy, whether it's male or female, right? Every single one of them. Villains can look ugly look, and yes. disgusting okay. and stuff, um, but heroes always good looking. And then so this movie purposely chose Deadpool purposely chose a plus size superhero in uh, in Russell. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. And you know what I thought it was rather I kind of I laughed at myself because I was a chubby kid growing up, and this kid's definitely chubby, uh, probably a little more so on the fat side. But uh, you know, you could call him plus size. But uh, what was funny? He was standing in a cell with Deadpool, and he's wearing the yellow suit, he looked like a a younger Oswald Cobblepot. You know who that is? Yeah, yes, I know Oswald Cobblepot, definitely. He absolutely looked like the Penguin Mm -hmm. as a kid. Like, just his body shape and his face. I was like, he could be Oswald Cobblepot in two seconds. I never thought about that. Yeah, there's a DC crossover with Marvel right there. (laughs) Awesome. And what did you think about... Uh, the beginning scenes when Deadpool is going in there and killing those three different groups of gangsters. Uh, we're gonna if we're gonna go down that route, there, there's a Monday Morning Quarterback is something that I'll get into. Um, but I did because that's part of my Monday Morning Quarterback uh-huh. is this part. But uh, really, really enjoyed him going around and killing people. It was super fun. A quick. Um, fight scenes and action scenes that I know when you choreograph and you actually program um all those sort of things before you actually film i 've heard that it takes so much time and effort, but they pulled it off like um like maybe like a two minute, uh, was it like where the montage is that mm-hmm. what it's called where they just go from scene to scene, but they probably spent a ton of time developing and filming and all that sort of stuff to get that like two minutes or less of footage, but it was very, very cool to see how he's just destroying everybody with his either swords or his guns or all that. Totally, yep, I agree with you. That and I love those the the fight scenes were great. Him cutting off limbs and cutting off heads and stuff, just fun to watch. And the joking the whole time too. The you know, joking like again, the whole time, no matter what. Deadpool's always joking. It makes it fun. It sure does. It, it's every, everything that he's doing. Like oh, in Deadpool one, where he is. He jumps inside the car, the SUV, and he flips the SUV. Then he's like, oh, no, did I leave the stove on? <laughs> actually, actually you know, actually flipping. Things like that is just very, very cool to um, experience a different perspective. Not perspective, but like a uh, personality. And this type of personality where it's so not um, uh, like a witty, like a, a, somebody that is so quick at, at thought and, and um, jokes. It's, it's almost effortless comes out of um, Ryan Reynolds as well as Deadpool absolutely yeah and if you ever watch ryan reynolds in a in an interview or something or just listen to him uh he is as quick and witty like that so uh, i've said it before to you he is the perfect guy to play deadpool i can't imagine anybody else just like hugh jackman is wolverine can you ever or you know um uh robert downey jr is iron man you can't imagine anybody else being those characters because they embody them so perfectly it does seem like that the only thing though with hugh jackman the guy's freaking tall. Wolverine is like a squatty, like he's shorter than I am. Like he's supposed to be like four foot, what, two or something like that? And so I was like, he's a little taller than he should be. Initially, Just like- I felt the same way. But then after seeing him in that very first X-Men movie, you can't deny it. He's perfect for the role. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. I was just thinking yeah. the height-wise, but it was funny how Deadpool points out Cable. Cable is, he, hey, he's only, he's a little, uh, you know, 5'11". He's supposed to be taller or something like that. <laughs> that was good. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, speaking of some of the characters, I really love how they kept all the characters in, but some of my favorites, of course, are Weasel, who's played by TJ Miller, and Dopinder. They were, they're just such good characters. It's, it's so good that they brought them back for the sequel and gave them tons of funny scenes, funny situations, actions that they did it, oh man i i love them especially uh dopender now he wants to be a serial killer not yes. a killer i'm sorry um an assassin himself assassin. and he actually pulls it off in the end of the movie that was sweet it was so funny i love that character dopender he's such a funny funny character and his personality is so contrary like the way he is and how he his mannerisms everything about him is so um not not even just laid back just like so uh i can't just so down like he he's so uh, mellow so easygoing or, or something like that I, there's mm-hmm. probably a better word for it but then he's saying i want to kill people or something like that yep. it's just so funny mm-hmm. he is what did you think um well i was kind of bummed i loved seeing terry cruz in the movie and bill skarsgård but i was bummed that uh they end up dying I love Terry Crews. And that was one of, I was like, oh, sweet Terry Crews. I didn't know he was going to be in it because I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, sweet, Terry Crews in here. That's very awesome, but they they all end up dying. I was like, oh man, I wanted to see Terry Crews more, but oh well, but I did really like the character um, uh, Domino. Yeah. and the luck and the banter between the two luck is not <laughs> luck is not a superpower that's not even cinematic how would you even show that it was <laughs> so so hilarious and the way that she is Uh, her her luck is actually working in her favor obviously the whole time and cinematically seeing it it was pretty awesome and then the conversation that they have it's just that the writing was very very funny throughout that whole process it was yeah everybody's dialogues were crisp and funny and and spot on for everything and and yeah you you called it you know Deadpool was saying it's not cinematic but it's crazy how they did make luck cinematic I mean they pulled it off they did. And hey, did you notice the cameo from B- Brad Pitt in the movie? Yes, he was the vanisher. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. Yep. Loved. I love that quick cameo. That was just so funny because you're like, hey, I know that person. If you didn't actually know Brad Pitt was actually going to be in the movie, when you see him, you're like, that looks like Brad Pitt, but it's only on for like a half a second. And you're like, that looked like Brad Pitt. I don't know if it was or not. Yeah, you know, last night specifically, because it was my second time watching it, I knew it was Brad Pitt, and I was waiting for that scene. And when that scene happened, as soon as he, um, uh, you know, before he hit the power lines, I, I was actually thinking about the audience and listening for the audience. And as soon as he hit, his face showed, I heard one or two gasps of recognition, but not the whole audience noticed. So I think they had it on the screen for like a half a second or one second too short. You know what I mean? Yeah but maybe that's (laughs) a good thing. The people that are paying attention the most are going to notice it that way then it would. Well, when you have somebody as as big as Brad Pitt, you know, you, Either take up his time and pay him well, or you know, get him on there as quick as possible. So I, maybe they just feel like he's all, "Hey, Brad, just just go in your 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 bedroom and just lay over your bed and take a picture. You know, video yourself with a black screen behind, or green screen behind you, so we could use it." So it was like a you know, really quick. And he kind of shakes his head a little bit. It could be something like that, and they just kind of you know morphed his body on there. Mm-hmm. But I I I did appreciate it because, like you said when you, you don't really recognize it, but at the same time, you do. You know, it's like, oh, what was that? And what was really interesting, after I saw it the first time, I went back and um, read a little bit more about Brad Pitt's role in there. I was like, man, that was cool. He was the vanisher. And I read that when um, Brad, Prid- Brad Pitt was approached to be in Deadpool as a cameo, he put it in the contract or basically said that Ryan Reynolds had to deliver him a Starbucks if he's to do it. You know, I literally walk a Starbucks cup of coffee <laughs> to him and hand it to him. And so um, I don't know how long, but a while goes by and he's getting ready to do the cameo or not. Sorry. Uh, he doesn't. He's not even the movie's not even starting yet. And Ryan Reynolds is going to go and, and actually um, deliver it. So Ryan Reynolds delivers a Starbucks to him and says, hey, I want you to be in the movie. And they, Brad Pitt said he didn't remember. I've been asking for that. It was more of like a joke. And he actually followed through with it. And that was that was funny. Oh, sweet, man. That's a good story. That's a good story. Um, you know how with sequels, they try to be bigger and better and to do things uh well, because you saw everything the first time was fresh and new first time when you come back for the second round, you have the same characters and stuff. things might get stale and not as fresh and new and I was not worried, but I was interested to see how they would do the opening credit scene right because last time you know they said directed by an overpaid tool like they made fun of the people and you know poking fun at themselves um which I really appreciate, you know, self-deprecating humor. But I thought this was incredible what they did right after Vanessa's death in the beginning. They go to the the awesome James Bond style <laughs> credit scene, you know? But instead of making fun of the people in it, they had uh they were basically voicing the audience's reaction you know all of a sudden you see his girlfriend dead and then now you're thinking oh my gosh how did they do that why would they kill him or kill her and they were voicing that within the credit scene and i thought that was just amazing It was absolutely funny. I loved also with the James Bond theme that Deadpool was the James Bond, Uh you know, the the girl, the James Bond. He was the girl, yeah. The whole thing was hilarious. Um, And and a little bit about Deadpool. So I, I think I've mentioned in the past that I haven't read the Deadpool comics. I believe you have, right? Yes, I've read quite a few. So I I was looking up a couple of things and I heard some some pretty crazy things in the comic that Deadpool actually did you know a few things like he stole Tony Stark's um, Iron Man suit and was getting drunk in it and he actually kills Beast you know the blue guy uh, Beast and wears him like a uh, like a suit or something mm-hmm. like that uh, you know things like that like Deadpool's a pretty screwy you know screwy character but uh, in the movie you don't get much of that it's more of yeah for a cinematic to be able to um enjoy the character as opposed to man this guy's just chaotic or, or almost crazy exactly yeah yeah um in the comic books he can be a bit um sociopathic you know but in the movie he's more like crazy and uh he always has like there's always good intent behind what he does in the movies in the comic books he's just crazy and does crazy stuff for crazy sake for comedy you know he, yeah um, he doesn't he doesn't want to uh um or i would say the movies don't want to put a I guess, portray him as some crazy, crazy person where you actually are like, man, this guy's actually literally crazy. He's skinning a person alive. Well, he's, you know, it's a mutant, like be skinning him, skinning him and then wearing it. That would be gross. Like that would just be over the top and not something that everybody would want to see. Yeah. They don't want to turn Deadpool into the Joker in Marvel universe's Joker. You know, that is the Joker. You're right. Yeah. That is very similar to the Joker. Joker would absolutely do something like that. Yep. And uh what did you think about after he met Juggernaut got ripped in half and then in the in Blind Owl's house he was shirt-cocking it? <laughs> that was so I've never heard that that's so funny cuz you know when you get kids, kids run around without diapers, you know, you just oh, the shirt's going to cover it, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> yep. I thought that scene was just hilarious. Everybody oh, coming and- in and then reacting to his legs, and then I guess they probably saw his little pecker under there. You know, yeah. that was Funny stuff. And, then, and when Cable's in there talking to him, Deadpool does the uh, basic instinct crossing the legs <laughs> thing. And then what's what's the uh, his friend's name? I can't remember his name. Dopinder, Blind Owl? No, not Blind Owl. The uh, the guy, the bartender guy. Oh, Weasel. Weasel, weasel go, yeah, that's his basic instinct. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That was good stuff. Uh, Two last things I want to talk about. That drawn out death scene at the end was perfect. I could not imagine a better end scene with him dying because that fits his character. And he's trying to be as dramatic as possible, which he is. Mm -hmm. And with dramatic, he's being as funny as as he normally is. Uh, It was was very, very funny. I, I thoroughly appreciated it. Yeah, so did I. And the final thing, the end credits, when he actually uh, went back in time and saved Vanessa, and then he was also doing the timeline cleanup stuff, I thought that was perfect. And I'm really happy that Vanessa, you know, I mean, Deadpool, he doesn't care about any kind of rules or anything. Of course, he's going to steal Cable's time travel device, go back and save the woman of his, uh, you know, the woman he loves. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. Well, That time traveling thing, okay, one thing comes to me is how in the world can somebody in the future like cable have a time traveling unit, but not make it super powered where they can jump back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But he goes back in time. Deadpool is using obviously the time travel thing has what's her name. Um, fix it. She fixes it in like two seconds and then he's able to just jump back and forth. Like how in the world is she that much better than anybody in the future that actually created the time? That was just kind of a little, obviously lazy writing. It's kind of (laughs) seems like, but, um, i i loved the can, uh, canada jokes yeah um, the canada jokes that were in there were hilarious where weasel makes fun of canada and then at the very end you he you see um ryan reynolds seeing the script for green lantern which green lantern sucked um i could i could i think i fell asleep like three times through through greenland and it was horrible yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. you have deadpool shooting ryan reynolds in the brain saying you're welcome canada i I thought that was really funny the way that they um, they were making fun of Canada, but this where Ryan Ryan Reynolds is from, you know, making fun of that whole kind of thinking. Yep. But um, in all the time traveling and everything, at the very end, was very very fun to watch. It was without a doubt. And speaking of Green Lantern, one of the problems with that movie was the villain at the end was a gigantic cloud that never works in a movie like Fantastic Four, Green uh, Green Lantern. Ugh, I can't think. There's been some other movies where the villain is like like a giant cloud that like, how do you fight a cloud? And, and when your villain is a big cloud, it seems like the writers couldn't come up with a better idea, you know? And it makes it so impersonal. Like mm-hmm. this, this isn't a thing that we can fight. Like it's, it's just, it's nothing there. Like there's no personality behind it. There's not something that you could actually hate because it's a cloud, you know? And so you can't hate it. Now, if you're thinking of uh, movies, well, a, a really there's been, a few really, really good bad guys that you absolutely love to hate them. One I can consider is the gladiator The movie. The gladiator many years ago was like, like, I don't know, 2000 or something like that. Um, Joaquin Phoenix as the, um, guy who kills his dad and he's the main bad guy. Uh-huh. You absolutely love to hate him. He was fantastic. So you, you love to hate that person, but how can you love to hate a cloud? Yeah. You know, that, it's, it, it's yeah. It just doesn't work. It 100% doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so anything else before we get to Monday morning quarterback? No, I don't have anything else. I think we talked about the majority of the stuff that I want to talk about. Sweet. So you you mentioned earlier that you have a Monday morning quarterback idea. What is it? Why in the crap did Deadpool run away from those bunch of guys at the beginning of the scene? <laughs> yep. Why? I mean, seriously. Well, obviously that leads into this guy, the main, or not main bad guy, but the main bad guy that they first, in that first scene that killed his girlfriend, Um, that leaves him alive more than likely he could have killed all those little, all those guys in there, which he always does. Why is he running around? I thought it was super funny where he's running and jumps in to the the cab and they take off, but why in the crap is he running? He doesn't die. And if he killed all of them, Then he could figure out a way to get inside that panic room and kill that one guy and you wouldn't have to worry about the rest. Absolutely. Then Vanessa would not have died. I agree with you there. He should have uh, stayed. Uh, My Monday morning quarterback was very simple. They should have attacked the convoy by car and not parachuted in. Um, When there's a high wind advisory and you have people who most likely none of them have ever parachuted, right? It seems like it. Yeah, so why go in via parachute? I mean, it looked like that convoy was just taking regular city streets, traveling through a city. You could have been on the corner of Main and 2nd and on the next corner of Main and 5th and and then attacked it that way, you know? And then X-Force, you know, Terry Crews, Bill Skarsgård, all those characters, you know, Shatterstar and them, they would have still been alive for the the sequel. Now, is Shatterstar an actual... Um, hero in the comics? Yes, he is a hero in the comics. And I can't really remember what he's all about. In the movie, they portray him as um, like just a cocky dude um, and maybe he was that way in the comics too. It's I just to to be an remember alien, being yeah. basically like, like a ninja, you know, a really good fighter with swords. Huh, yeah i remember the name but i don't remember anything about it in the comics yeah. i do i do like um the x-force idea and it was so funny how he's saying uh deadpool's making fun of you know x-men you know it's all it's it's uh we need to change it basically we need to have something that's much more um you know universal and x-force and isn't that a little derivative yes it is anyways uh hilarious i loved it but yeah i, I agree why would you f- well, number one, why would you jump out of a plane, a helicopter or a helicopter, uh, parachute in? But number two, where'd they get the money to do that? Like, that's just funny. It's like, Deadpool's not rich. Why would he even think to do that? How does he have money to actually do that? Yeah, exactly. I guess, uh, in his, um, mercenary days, maybe he knows a guy who owns a plane. No, oh, there you go. Yeah, I guess. So what movie prop would you like to own from this movie? Well, it's hard to get away from the, the guns that Deadpool has, um, I really like Cable's gun. I thought that was super awesome. But if I were to pick one, it would be Deadpool swords. Those would be mm. super fun to have. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I really, I would really like to just have like one of the actual masks worn by Deadpool from the movie, or you know, by Ryan Reynolds from the movie. Yeah, would you, I bet you would put it on? Oh, definitely. Yeah, at least <laughs> once. I mean, you got to put it on, try it on once, you know. Um, but then most likely it would just be on a little bust. Uh, You know, on a shelf in my room, some something like that. I think it's great how Deadpool's eyes, being white, and the way that they have them open up and close Mm -hmm. and squint and all motion, yeah. Yeah, that is very very good. I really like that. 100% I agree with you. So, let's get to some lessons. Uh the first lesson that that I caught from this movie is that rules are made to be broken. Of course, Colossus says that's exactly opposite of what the rules are for. <laughs> but I 100% believe in this and I'm I'm on Deadpool's side. Rules are rules are made to be broken. You just have to accept the consequences. That's a great point. Now, i that this was I actually wrote down four different lessons that I learned, mm-hmm. um and this was one of them because i I thought you might take up one or this might be one of them yeah. but I'm right there with you I absolutely I wouldn't say love breaking the rules, but I have to It's like you know uh, I'll give you examples, so when I was like two or three, um you know we you and I were at uh, our aunt's house, and I was a baby. And my aunt or our aunt was painting the walls and I go in the room and I don't know, I don't even remember this. I'm just hearing this from my aunt after the fact that um, I'm standing there and my uh, aunt says, now, Dusty, don't touch the wall because I just painted it. And I look her dead in the eyes and like with a a defiant type of look and literally not just my fingertips, but my entire palm touching the wall because I was like, Oh yeah, I can't do that. Well, here you go. Needless to say, I got spanked pretty hard for that, yeah. but I am in the same boat. I, I, it's something in me that if I see a rule that is not the laws, you know, I'm totally fine with laws and following laws, but self-imposed rules or rules that people put on you, like, um, you know, Hey, this is employee area. Don't go in here. I'm like, uh, okay. That's, that's kind of like an, an advisement or a suggestion. If I break the rule, <laughs> yep. So um, now my wife is, she's funny. So she's the type of person that she's never met a rule she didn't like. So she follows every rule. If it's written down, it's a rule. So she has to follow it. And I say, I disagree. I think that if it's written down, it's like, you have to break it. Yeah, she's, I mean, if you you follow every rule, you're basically a sheep. Yeah, and I'm definitely not that. Yeah, me too. Definitely not. So what's your first rule? Never do the superhero landing. That's that's a good one for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's so impractical, so hard on the knees. It's, well, what's funny is, you know, you have, and Deadpool does it, they don't make fun of this, but I see this a couple of times. The superhero landing is one of them. But another one is when people, characters in the movies are wearing hoods, like they're all sneaking around for half a second and then take it off because the scene started. So uh-huh. once the scene starts, they're wearing a hood because, oh, who is this person? And then half a second later, it pans to them. Then they're taking off the hood. I'm like, why the crap are you wearing the hood in the first place? Exactly. You know, it, and so Cable does that. And I, I I don't know if anybody else does that, but I know I specifically remember Cable doing that. But it's the superhero landing. It's the the wearing of the hood where you can't even see their eyes. Well, if you can't see their eyes, how are they seeing you? You know, It's just so this movie type of thing make it seem so, so mysterious and funny. Uh, or to, this part with deadpool jumping down and say okay superhero landing and hurting himself like oh it's so impractical that's that's pretty funny so yeah i'm never gonna do the superhero landing i don't care how how high i jump off a mountain or a cliff or you know off the the roof or something yep yep and one thing i liked about that scene it was a callback to the first movie because when um what's her name Gina, I can't think, Gina Carano's character jumped down from the ship. She did that, and he goes, ooh, superhero landing, it's tough on your knees, though. (laughs) (laughs) And then in this one, as soon as he lands, oh, my knee. (laughs) Now, thinking of the superhero landing, there is something that when I watched the first movie, something came in my mind that would be cool for... A future Deadpool movie, so you know he's all excited about the super. Oh, here comes, the superhero landing Here it comes, here it comes. Well, I remember when we were younger, we watched the movie Street Fighter. It was the comic. It was actually a Japanese version where they had English subtitles, and so it was actually in in Japanese. But it was it was fantastic. Or at least, you know, being a kid, I really enjoyed the the movie, the uh, Street Fighter movie. But anyways, the main character, uh, who's the main bad guy? Oh, what was his name? The Russian guy, um, uh, M Bison. M Bison. Yes. M. Bison, the way that he lands in the movie, like he doesn't, if he gets hit or something, his feet don't even touch the ground and he hovers off the ground and stands perfectly erect, like That's straight up. Right, he's floating. Yeah, he's literally floating. And so what I was thinking, you know, because he uh M. Bison looks super menacing and you're and you think, oh, always gonna get hurt, and all of a sudden he just stops himself in midair. And but anyway, so I was thinking in a future movie, it was super awesome if Deadpool is like looking up and seeing, "Hey, oh, you know, so they're gonna do a superhero landing," and you know he's all excited and sees him fall or you know jump and then come down and then, boom, stands like like M Bison, like a, a three inches off of the ground and just hovers and he'd be like, <gasps> and you know put his hands over his face like he normally does. Yeah. I I think that would be super funny if we saw something like that, but they probably won't. It was just my own rem- uh, memory of other movies kind of coming all to one. Totally, totally, yeah. Um, my second lesson was know how to defend your home, uh, in case you get attacked. And as you know, in the very beginning, Deadpool's home gets attacked and right away he jumps for the knives and starts using them to defend his home because you never know what can happen. Who's going to come through those doors. So if you know where your nearest weapons are, uh, you're better to be prepared than not. Okay. So I'm going to have to call you on that one. Where where are your weapons it, Not say where, because I don't want you to give away. Are you ready? <laughs> because if you've learned this, have you started implementing that and putting like, you know, you know where your knives are, yeah, but do you have any other weapons <laughs> anywhere else, like a hidden gun somewhere, or a shotgun? Like, do you know where everything is at? Are you ready for that? Uh yes. Well, I know where my knives are. I do have a bat placed strategically. I do have some other blunt weapons placed strategically, and my guns are placed uh, not strategically, but they're where I can access them pretty quickly. And I have thought about this in the past. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you actually implemented this one lesson into it because yeah, yeah. You're, you very well could get somebody that's going to kick in your door, you know, when you don't know it or coming through the back door or something like that. So yeah, that's great. I, I personally too, Um, obviously want to defend my home. I want to make sure that my family's safe. And so I'm, I'm the person that would get up in the middle of the night. Like if there's a bump in the middle of the night, my wife's not the first one to get up. And most women are not, not saying that they wouldn't, but it's usually the man's like, okay, I'll get up and check it out. And so I know it's on me to do that. So yeah, I have, you know, my shotgun ready, I have pistols ready. I have all that stuff ready, just in case something happened. Totally. So my, my next one is, so you took one of them, rules are meant to be broken, which I completely agree with on with that. Um, so family is not an F word. I thought that was great, you know, cause you have Deadpool that is perceiving that, you know, family is, is bad unless it's with his girlfriend and they're making a family, you know, but he's looking at the family that he not necessarily wants but the one that he needs now, that's what Colossus said. You know, this is the family that you need right now. And I thought that was really, really cool cause um, along with that is the, um, the thought that, you know, they're going to be there for you. They're going to be there. Um, take care of you when you are needed, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, family is not an F word. Absolutely. That's a good one. That's a good one. My final lesson is don't follow Deadpool's lead because he is not afraid of hurt, getting hurt or death. Um, as evidenced by he was fine jumping out of a plane with a high wind advisory, he didn't care, but, um, you know, what is, what, why would he care? Um, Ultimately, if he gets hurt, he'll heal from it. If he loses an arm or leg, heal from it, gets chopped up in wood chipper, he'll somehow come back from that, you know, but everyone else who follows, uh, who follows him, well, all of X-Force, they ended up dying because uh, he doesn't care about his life as much as other people do. Unless you're super lucky. Yeah, absolutely. yeah unless you're super lucky. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So my last one is tying off of the, fir- the second one. Family is not an F word is friends are there when you need them and the so deadpool has plenty of friends even though he you know almost pushes oh, I'd say almost he practically pushes everybody away and is a jerk to everybody and all that sort of stuff but um you know colossus is still you know his friend even though we don't see a huge history of deadpool and colossus you just kind of see where in deadpool 1 you know he's he's there for him and deadpool 2 is there for him again but yeah friends are there when you need them you actually know who your friends are when they actually show up when you're need in need and i'll give you an example Um, everybody hates to move, like literally moving your stuff. Like if you're moving to a new house or apartment or something like that, everybody hates moving, but your true friends will actually show up to help you move your stuff because that sucks. Nobody likes to move. I see most people don't like to move. And if your friends, if the people show up to help you move, they're, they're friends. Totally. 100%. I agree with you there. All righty. So I think that ends our discussion of Deadpool 2, unless there's any last things, Dust? i what the only thing the last thing I want to say is the the entire movie from beginning to end was hilarious the only the only kind of like caveat that i I either kind of question or dislike was at the very end where he goes back and saves his girlfriend. how does that rewrite the entire movie from beginning to end because if she doesn't die, he doesn't go through all this whole process and blah, blah, blah and become an X-Man and all that sort of, there there very well could be an explanation, but that's like a huge butterfly effect that would just completely shatter everything that we just saw. Yeah, I got you. A big old buttercream effect due to that. But um, here's, here's my explanation for that. So, you know, in the very first movie, Colossus is watching the television and he sees that there is a major incident going on with a dude in a red suit on a freeway, right? And Colossus goes to check it out to see what Deadpool's doing. Well, this whole thing with Russell was happening on TV. Even if Vanessa lived, maybe for whatever reason that day when Russell was having his breakdown in front of that um, orphanage, maybe Deadpool was with Colossus at the X-Mansion for a different reason, right? All of a sudden this news comes on TV. So him or, you know, Deadpool, Colossus, and Negasonic go there and everything plays out the same way. That's a good way to tell a story. Yeah, that would be a, a good variant of how it could be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my explanation for that. I mean, anytime you and I have talked about this before, even with the movie like Back to the Future, who everybody loves, great time travel movie, there's inconsistencies. I don't think you can write a time travel movie without incons- inconsistencies. Um, maybe it's possible, but I've never seen one without them. So... Uh, you just have to kind of like suspend your disbelief, I think, and and oh, that's yeah. how I'm gonna suspend my disbelief and and realize the story can still continue. He can still make X Force. They could still all die. He could still be friends with Russell. Fight the Juggernaut, even if Vanessa's alive. I completely agree with that. Every single movie I've seen with time travel, there is different nuances or inconsistencies, especially when you have so many people watching the movie, they have different understandings of how time travel might go or the way they think it should go or whatever. So you can't account for everything as well as, you know, you don't necessarily have to. And one, one movie that was so, so good at pointing it out, like, Hey, just go with it was Austin Powers. Mm -hmm. You know, when he goes back in time, um, Basil looks at the camera and says, Hey, don't worry yourself. I'm summing or you know paraphrasing up yeah. saying, hey, don't worry about the time travel. Let's just play Let's play along with it. Let's go with it. You know, we know it's going to be inconsistent. Just go with it. That's a good point. I like that. Sweet. So I guess it's time to give the audience the next movie. You were the one who chose Deadpool 2. So it's my choice this time. And I think I want to stick with uh, new movies or movies that are in theaters right now. And so I took a look at Fandango and there's two movies coming out this week. Tag? And the Incredibles. So those are my options. Ah, you know, now that the boys are home from school, um, for all of summer, I think it would be a great time to take them to the Incredibles. Um, and then I can watch the movie looking for lessons at the same time, you know? So, uh, how does that sound to you? The Incredibles. That'd be great. I really enjoyed the first incredible. That was rather, rather, um, it was fun. It was a fun way of seeing a different perspective of superheroes, obviously getting older and now being, you know, out, outcast almost. So that was really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing this one. looks really great. And you know, what's kind of, I really want to see about the baby, you know, whatever that Jack, 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 I really want to see more about him because he basically has every single superpower. He can do anything and everything. It's Fun and i really want to see him yep me too me too so thank you very much everybody for listening today and we will return next week with the incredibles part two